Welcome on in to the Superintendent Radio Network and episode 15 of Off the Course, the podcast that focuses on the lives of superintendents and other turf heads outside of work. I'm Matt Lowell, managing editor of the magazine and the host of Off the Course. My guest today is Eric Bauer. If you know Eric, you probably know him as the director of agronomy at Blue Jack National in Montgomery, Texas. If you follow him on social media, though, you might know him as Reed's and Andrew's dad. Andrew is a high school senior and the captain of the Magnolia High boys basketball team, also played on the district champion football team this year. Reed is a redshirt sophomore at the University of Arkansas, where he is the starting punter for the Razorbacks. Eric and I talk about the thrills and challenges of watching your kids out on the field. His are a little older than mine. Some of the inner workings of the college recruiting process, the joy of watching your kids develop deeper relationships with each other, and the joy of working with your kids. He has had that opportunity in recent months. This is a really fun conversation. I think you'll enjoy listening to it. Before we get going, a quick thanks to the sponsor of Off the Course, AquaAid Solutions. For more than 30 years, AquaAid Solutions has been helping turf managers around the world develop comprehensive agronomic plans to produce healthy, environmentally aware, safe, natural grass playing surfaces. They're proud to deliver best-in-class solutions for management of key elements for a healthy and sustainable plant system. And their solutions include wetting agents, soil surfactants, calcium and potassium products, and worm power turf, all of which help the end user optimize his or her agronomic programs. Incorporating AquaAid Solutions' technologically advanced active ingredients with cutting-edge equipment technology in IMANTS, Vrito Seeders, and Seagrow Mobile Grow Systems, turf managers are offered synergistic solutions, delivering long-lasting agronomic value, improved aesthetics, and playability. AquaAid Solutions. Eric Bauer, after the break. My guest again, Eric Bauer. You know him as the director of agronomy at Blue Jack National in Montgomery, Texas. You might not know him, though, as Reed's and Andrew's dad. And like so many superintendents around the country, the father of two, two great boys, one's in college, one's in high school. And a lot of superintendents have kids who play sports or have outside interests. The Bauer boys, really talented athletes. Reed is the punter at the University of Arkansas, just wrapped up a very solid season. We'll get into that on this episode. Andrew, a senior in high school, a district champion on the football team, and a captain on the basketball team. Eric, what's going on? How are you doing? Welcome to the podcast. Not, not much, not much. Thanks for having me. Boy, this is exciting and uh, a, a real treat to talk about my other passion in life, which is my uh, my family, my two boys, who I'm very proud of, both uh, Reed and Andrew. So thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. When we last talked, it was the early months of the pandemic, and we talked about how folks had reacted and and kind of gathered together and, and lifted each other up in the early days of the pandemic. This is a very different place, a very different time, and very different subject matter, and probably a lot more fun 
to talk about. Your boys are, are 21 and 17 now, uh, redshirt sophomore in college and a senior in high school. And I've got a four-year-old. You're way ahead of me. Uh, but how, how just fun. I mean, I'm going to give you a total softball of a question here to start, even though they're not known for their baseball. Uh, <laughs> Reed and Andrew, but... No, that was my, that was my background, actually, <laughs> believe it or not. T- I tried to get uh, both of them into it, and uh, I think maybe because that was my sport of choice, I probably had a little bit more critiquing to do than, say, basketball or punting. So uh, <laughs> it was it was uh, uh, short-lived uh, playing baseball with both my boys. But uh, but how fun is it at at this point, especially where they're really comfortable in in their athletic pursuits? They're really good in their athletic pursuits. Uh, you going to high school games, to college games. I've, I've, I've seen a few photos. You've made the trek up to Arkansas to see the, the Hogs play. Just how much fun have you been having the last few years? Well, um, you know, as a parent that uh, has, a, has a two boys that are obviously uh, very, very hardworking and committed to, to doing what they love to do makes me very proud. And, and uh, to be a part of that, obviously, is, something that, you know, I'll be able to share with them for many, many years. And let me say this, that, uh, you know, the fact that you have uh, a four-year-old, let me say this, the time goes by so fast. I can't believe it when you were just saying, hey, you have a 17-year-old and a 21-year-old. It's like, <laughs> oh, my God, man, where did the time go? But, uh, you know, listen, it, it, it has been fun. Um, you know, I'm a very competitive person. I've uh, enjoyed playing sports, being around sports, and I think just, just trying to to not that I ever anticipated any of my boys playing at a D1 level school. It was more just to kind of prepare them for life. And quite honestly, um, you know, not not participating in, in any type of sports or competitive or team environment. I don't think you get necessarily really prepared for life. And you know, to see these boys uh, kind of take to that and then apply that to how they are as young men and how they'll they'll evolve into husband, father, you know, those kind of things is, is very rewarding. But, um, you know, let me first, you know, just start off with, you know, kind of Reed, you know, it was a funny story. Uh, you know, Reed was a very good athlete. Uh, I would say that uh, he worked at it a little bit harder than what Andrew. Andrew was more gifted as it came to his, his ability to be very athletic. Reed uh, was a very good football player. He played actually three years. Uh, three-year letterman for Magnolia High School and was a very good linebacker, outside linebacker. And how he got into punting was really odd. It was uh, just goofing around at practice one day, and the coaches were trying out punters. And high school punting really isn't the norm, right? I mean, it, it, you got a quarterback that does a rollout or something like that, and you, know, you just kind of punch it down the field uh, at high school level. And Reed was goofing around one day, and he, you know, Hey, coach, I can I can punt, and they're kind of like, okay, Reed, the, the you know, kind of the team team clown, you know, if you will, just uh, he, you know, just keeps everything loose. He got a couple of cracks at it, and uh, I'll never forget this. I get a call after work. I thought, oh my gosh, Reed's in trouble. What did he do? Uh, you know, coaches, head coach, football coaches, call me. He said, hey, gosh, we you know, Reed hit this ball, and we never heard this sound before, and he may be he may be a really talented punter, and I'm like really and uh never really even thought of it so it just so happened that one of reed's teammates was very much involved in 
a specialist type position, which was a long, the long snapper. Uh, his name is Justin Mater, and he's actually now the the snapper, long snapper for University of Texas. And so, as Reed started getting into it a little bit, he kind of had a friend that kind of pushed him in the direction of, "Hey, if you have a skill at this, what do you do?" And you know, my mindset's always been, you know, I want to support my boys, whatever they do. You know, um, I think it's important to do that. Uh, I had a father that was, you know, very much in, in, in you know, of supporting us and whatever we wanted to do um, within limits, but uh, kind of always supported our dreams. And I think that's first and foremost. You should never go into this. I think it was unique. You look at like with some of these great athletes that have come through. You know, they played a lot of multiple sports. You know, you shouldn't go into saying, "Oh, I'm going to train my kid to be an uh, you know an athlete." I, I just didn't believe in that. If it happened, it happened. I have one that it happened with. I have another that you know has really enjoyed his high school experience. Andrew, you know, uh, in fact, he never played football before. He just went out his senior year and is doing really well as a receiver. Um, and then, of course, basketball was his choice, and so he was very, very much into you know just the excitement of competing. Um, but I just wanted to support them. So, you know, we did, and we kind of did some of these camps, if you will, to kind of that, that focus solely on specialists. And, uh, you know, not having much of that kind of formal training, it was kind of, you know, really inspiring to see how his work ethic and his commitment to doing something that he loved, uh, which he picked up very late in life. Um, but I think that's some of the, 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 the instilling that his parents, as parents, we did for Reed. You know, just chase your dreams, follow your dreams. But we never sat out to see that he would, you know, play at the next level. But uh, we supported it, and that was that was really important. So he kind of went through that whole process, and uh, it kind of hit us hit us like a, a freight train on how fast, you know, things came at us from the recruiting standpoint. And let's get into that recruiting standpoint in just a sec, just to give folks an idea of what kind of athlete, what kind of specialist Reed is if you do not follow the University of Arkansas football team. And they just wrapped up their season. Uh, tough loss to number one Alabama uh, this past weekend. They finished 3-7, and seven, but new coach. Uh, th- there were not a lot of predictions for many wins this year. Uh, zero to one wins in this abbreviated season. They won 3-7 and seven and, and had some big wins. Uh, Reed this year, got the stats in front of me. 43.5-yard average as a punter. That's up almost 12% from what he did in 2018 when he averaged 38.9. His net up to 38.1. That's up over 4% from what he did in, 30, uh, in 2018, 36.6. On his 39 punts, a long of 62, just off his career long, only three touchbacks. Uh, Ten of his punts landed inside the 20. He had eight of more than 50. No blocked punts. Uh, heck of a season. And uh, this was after a red shirt last year. You know, it, it, it's tough when you're on TV and you're losing to Alabama and, and the highlights are just you punting the ball away. But you know what? If you're going to do it, uh, you might as well be one of the better punters in the country. Among uh, punters this year who uh, had 20 or more punts, he was 35th in average in, yeah, among all D1 right. punters. And among punters with 30 or more punts this year, uh, 28th in average. So yeah. heck of a season. Yeah, it was. It was uh, obviously, you know, it came down to, you know, a big punt. He was going into the Alabama game, and he's facing one of the most dynamic, prolific uh, returners in the country. Right. Uh, 
and uh, he, he, he got one that he missed his mark a little bit, had good good distance. I think it was a 42 with a 4-3 hang, which is what you want to do. And uh, he missed his mark a little bit and kind of hit it towards the middle of the field. And and uh, a guy like Smith, you can't do that to. And uh, he took it to the house. So that really put a put a, put a sour taste in his uh, end of season because he worked so hard. And his net was actually in, in the top six in the SEC. So, um, you know, but, hey, you know, that's, that's kind of the things. You know, everyone thinks it's all glamorous. But, uh, you know, I would say – you know, kind of going back to the to the season. I mean, it's been a long journey for Reed. Um, you know, he was recruited out of out of high school, and we kind of had a lot of fun with that. We were traveling to places like Missouri and University of Michigan and Texas State and uh, Arizona. They had some really really great schools to look at. And of course, Arkansas showed a lot of interest, and he developed a great relationship uh, with the coach. We'll talk a little bit later about the recruiting, but. Uh, I couldn't be more proud of Reed, really. Um, and I think more than anything, just just going through what these kids, these student-athletes face from a, a scrutiny standpoint of performing and performing at a high level, you got to remember these kids are still 18, 19, right. 20, 21 years old. Of course, the guy at LSU, you know, Von Rothenberg, he's 30. Uh, you know, There's a few. And Reed was giving him a run. Yeah, 30, <laughs> and, he, and Reed was giving him a run for his money. But, uh, you know, these kids and 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 media is tough. I mean, you know, it's 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 very hard. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna share that we had a lot of a lot of great things, but you know, you have have the other side of it too, where you see your 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 child put underneath the microscope, um, you know, and and uh, you know that's not easy to handle sometimes as a parent, you know, because you know you're just saying, man, this kid's just going out there giving his best. He doesn't have a you know a mean bone in his body, and he doesn't mean to you know mess up or not do what he's supposed to do. It's just those things happen. And, and with today's social media, holy cow. I mean, uh, you know, you can see some pretty, pretty nasty fans out there. Um, and of course this year has been just uh, a, a godsend to read and, and, and what it's been for that whole team over there, you know, with uh, coach Pittman coming in and bringing in a new coaching staff that has really taken the same players that they had the first two years that Reed was there. And basically, you know, taught them how to compete, taught them how to come together as a team. And these are all life lessons that I think, you know, are going to carry him far, whatever he does. We've had many conversations about that. So, you know, we're really proud of him. Um, as you said, he came in as a freshman and uh, won the starting job. Um, he actually punted like 50, I think it was like 56 times or something like that his freshman year. And exactly. As a true yeah. freshman and, 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 and being put in the situations that he was put in with a with an offense that stalled out almost, you know, every drive it seemed like. I mean, 56 times in 12 games, and he wasn't the start. He didn't start the year out starting, you know, the first two games. I'd say, you know, that was that was a heck of a uh, uh, a season for a true freshman. And uh, that's only been punted since his junior year in high school. <laughs> he's putting in one probably one of the toughest conferences. Yeah. But I think that's how Reed always was. You know, he, he said, you know, I'm going to go big or go home kind of thing. So, you know, we supported that. And we still do, but um, you know he he fought some adversity his uh, second year. Um, uh, you know you can, can never put your finger on why it wasn't his work ethic or what he was able to do. It just you know maybe they felt like you know he wasn't developed where he needed to be to be in that level. And so you got to kind of deal with those emotions. You know he he kind of comes through his freshman year and he's thinking he's on top of the the world, 
and he's going to get a good year, a sophomore year, to kind of develop and and uh, you know they kind of you know bring in a transfer and uh, you know put him in and re kind of get you know put in a backup role and that's that was tough for him to handle. That was tough for you know us to kind of teach him how to how to cope with that and how to uh, how to communicate you know and talk about you know what's going on because. You know, that's the thing, is a parent, when you lose your kid to going to school, I mean, you don't have those times around the dinner table where you can have that eye-to-eye contact and you see the facial expressions when they had a bad day or they performed well, whether or bad, or whether it was in their sport or school or whatever, and you can put your arm around and you can hug your kid, but you can't do that when they're, you know, nine hours away, right? And so, you know, you got to teach them all those life lessons of how to how to communicate and, and uh you know, work through adversity. So he did. And I could, I'd probably say, you know, all those things you mentioned about his, his stats and all those things, I mean, they're great, but they're really not what I am most proud of. And I think some of the adversity that he faced and how he overcame it to win his job back, um, you know, it wasn't like it was handed to him when the new coaching staff came in. They still had the guy, the, the guy that transferred in from Colorado that, mm-hmm handled most of the punting duties his sophomore year and then they brought in uh another transfer from michigan uh to compete and they had three punters and 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 coach fountain was like you know the best guy is going to win and we're going to we're going to breed competition so that competition level is unlike anything you've ever seen it's a business at that level i mean of course the coaches love it's yeah, sec football love, yeah oh yeah yeah i mean they the coaches love on them uh but at the end of the day they got to go out and perform and if you don't guy the next guy will um and 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 they'll go to him um so you know i think going through that experience really really made me more proud because in a time of college football when you know a lot of these athletes things don't go their way what do they do they put in the transfer portal and they can transfer out and reed had that opportunity we talked about it many times but you know he said dad i'm not gonna i'm not gonna give up i mean uh and and things don't work out for me i think he took the right mindset of it you know, he's like, I got, I, I, I accomplished one of my goals and one of my dreams to play at the next level. Not many people can say they did that. Um, so again, that that that's a lot of the the, the, the toughness that I, I think gets kind of uh, overshadowed by you know the excitement when when you're being recruited. Of course, you're getting wine, not wine and dine, but you know what I mean. They're 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 sending them notes. They're texting with your kid, and you know you're going to visit these schools and you're you're going through that whole recruiting process. And I mean, it, it's, it's very overwhelming. And it's very easy to get caught up in that and then lose sight of really what you, you know, what the good and bad and ugly of the whole college world. So, and I'm not trying to scare anybody. Why? I just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade what we're going through because again, I think everything happens for a reason. And I think Reed, this is just his journey in life and what he chose to do. And, um, there is a mental toughness that I that I do see having to have ha- happen with with college athletes. I mean, to be able to block out the noise, to be able to go through the grind, balance school and academics and and their athletic uh, uh, sport of choice. It, it's it's a it's a it's a full time job. Um, but again, I, I do feel like a lot of our times, you know, read uh, high moments that he's had or his low moments that he had. I mean, I always try to try to try to intertwine a story into it or or a lesson, if you will. Um, my wife always gives me the, Catherine gives me the elbow and the ribs saying, okay, not tonight. No, no lectures tonight. But, 
a lot of what is going on in his life now and applying it to whatever he's going to do down the road. He's a uh, finance major. And I said, you know, you're not going to get the job that you want. You're not going to get the promotion you want. You know, are you going to go pout and, you know, complain? Are you going to dig in and win your job back? And so I, th- I think it's really helping him. And, 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 it's, and it's good because I think even though Andrew may not play at that next level, he's getting that experience as well because he's hearing these stories. He's hearing me talk to Reed. And, and life lessons, and I think it's helped you know mature Andrew as well. So it's it, it, it's it's been it's been really really good. There are so many areas to go back to in there, but first let's address kind of the the relationship between Reed and Andrew. Obviously, about four years difference. One's in college, one's in high school. One's more of a football player, one's more of a basketball player. Although Andrew uh, did play football, like you mentioned this past year on a on a good team, Magnolia uh, won the district yeah. this year. What has been the kind of the relationship, the conversation between the two of them really since uh, colleges started calling Reed and you started taking some of those trips, like you mentioned, to Michigan, to Arizona, to Texas State, to Mizzou? Uh, I know there were a few other schools in the mix in addition to, obviously, Arkansas. Uh, Andrew at the time is about 13 and, and you know, now in that position where, like you said, maybe not a D1 athlete, but... You, know, you never you never count out playing in college, even if it's at uh, lower levels or even just uh, uh, club level. Uh, what, right. What, what's right. kind of been the conversation between the two of them there? They they do have a lot of uh, brotherly fraternal activity on Twitter. It looks like. Yeah. So so really, I think it it started very early. I think there may have been one photo long time ago. Um, uh, Reed's uncle. Uh, who married my sister? He's actually in the golf course business, Corey Adams, hmm. and uh, he's at North Palm Beach Country Club. But he's a huge Arkansas fan, so every year we get these, you know, when the kids were little, you know, shirts and the hog hats and helmets, and that was their Christmas gift. So you know, we they kind of didn't realize it, but they were they were uh, Arkansas fans as well as my my background being Michigan State. But uh, you know, they were we just we just wanted to create a, a, a bond between those two uh, because I traveled a lot around with my jobs early on. And so, you know, having to go to a different place here or there or whatever, you know, it was good to kind of get them to, to be best friends. And I tell Catherine, we talk about it all the time. I mean, very blessed that our boys being that close in age, three years apart, uh, you know, kind of gets a little crowded. Um, you know, they want their own identity, but they never really did that. I mean, they, they were inseparable. And, you know, I remember playing sports with the boys, whether it be throwing, you know, the ball around in the backyard, football, or uh, shooting baskets. Uh, Andrew always had to compete against somebody who was better than him. And so, like I said, uh, Andrew is a very, very good athlete. And, uh, you know, again, I just feel like, you know, to, to get, want to go to that next level, it can't be, I, I said this earlier, it can't be about the parents wanting that for them or seeing the potential in them. Uh, it has to be them wanting to do it. And there's a difference between really wanting to do it or dreaming about it, right? There's, there's, a, there's a big difference. So what was really neat about Andrew and uh, Reed was the fact that they were very, very close because we did we were concerned about that during the recruiting period because he were having to go on trips. But Andrew was, I mean, that was one thing that was really, I think, sold us up so much on Arkansas was, you know, the, the way uh, Coach Burns, Tanner Burns, who recruited Reed, at the time, uh, who's now with Hugh Freeze at Liberty, he, we still keep in contact today, and he was asking me about Andrew. How's Andrew doing? Hmm. I mean, he, he vested
interested in Andrew. So I think that kind of helped. I think even with reading, when he's making decisions about these schools, where to go, and, and as a parent, you know, is he making the right choice? Is it really because they want him for his talent or do they want him in who he is as a human being? Because you got to think that they're going to kind of have to raise your kids while you're not there, right? So, and, and so Andrew was very involved in a lot of that recruiting process. And I, we saw that with other, other families as well. You know, I mean, it wasn't just mom, dad, and the athlete. It was mom, dad, the brother, sister. And you saw some of the better schools. So that might be a good tip for some people if they're going on these things. And they say, hey, can I bring my younger brother or whatever? And like, oh, no, we don't, you know, we don't have time. Or, you know, those kind of things. It may not be really what's in the best interest because I wanted them to make sure that Andrew felt, you know, included the process because they can see, you know, our fear was, you know, with that, with this drive a wedge between, uh, Reed and Andrew, and it didn't. I actually think it brought them kind of closer together. It was kind of odd as much as they lived together, and then once they kind of got separated, Andrew, Andrew really took it hard. Um, and I think Reed did too in a lot of ways uh, when he went off to school. Funny, because I think Andrew now is probably a lot more like me. I mean, he, he has a difficult time kind of even watching the game. He gets so nervous because he wants Reed to perform so well. So, you know, it's kind of kind of funny that it's, it's, it's really uh, heartening. Very, very much a, a, a filling feeling that we have as parents to, to see that our boys are that close, and and there is this this genuine uh, bond that they have. And, and I know Reed has called Andrew to congratulate him, and never made it really about him, uh, and made sure that he he, he gives his brother uh, the credit uh, that he deserves when he does well, and and vice versa. So. There was that concern, and uh, I think our boys handled it very well, and I think it strengthened them uh, more so as they, they're, they're getting older. So it's good to see. This might not be a fair question, and, and this is probably the old high school and college sports reporter in me coming out a little bit doing family profiles, but Andrew is the senior captain of guard for the Magnolia High School basketball team this season. Do you think he is the captain of that team without the support and the ever-evolving relationship he has over the last couple of years with Reed? Uh, I don't think so. I think I think uh, Reed has been such a good influence on, and, and even to this day, I mean, just, just the brotherly advice that he gives. I, I think Andrew has perpetuated his leadership and, and the way he handled himself by by the example that Reed has set for him, which has been a, been a good one. So, you know, it, it's so good. I mean, a funny story is, I mean, like, here, here you guys got an older brother who's playing college football and is arguably one of the best conferences in all college football, right, and divisions, right? Uh, and, and yet he'll still out here on the phone or when, you know, he is home the short time he does get to come home. You know, they go play pickup basketball. That's kind of the, the go-to sport, it seems like, you know, going to the, the, the court and shooting hoops. And Andrew just just dominates Reed. And it's funny hearing Reed be so jealous of his younger brother <laughs> because of the skills that he has in basketball. And, you know, it's great because COVID has, has really allowed, um, you know, the, the schools are doing a great job of, you know, being protective of COVID and allowing the sports to be streamed, you know, so you, they can reduce the crowd sizes and things like that. Um, so Reed now is able to re- see almost every game. And, and we'll, 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 after the game, 
you know, it's like clockwork. I'll get in the truck and Reed calls me and he says, man, did you see that? Did you see his? And I'm like, so, and then, then, then I hear him talking to Andrew. So it's kind of, the dynamics are really funny. How, how, you know, they, they just don't really look at them. I mean, I don't, I don't I just, they're brothers. And so, you know, but I do think that's a good point you bring up because I think it's easy for parents to get caught up in one or the other. And you have to balance it really good because you, you don't want to make it more about one than the other. Although, you know, sometimes it, it, it's hard not to because, you know, there's just, just these things that pop up, but you, you really got to put yourself, put the brakes on and kind of just say, hey, this is just a college sport that he's playing and keep things very grounded, if you will. And I think, I think Reed just never has been a, a kid that's full of himself. And so I don't, I don't think he, you know, I don't know. Sometimes I wonder, Catherine and I talk about this, is, you know, if he can really look back at this and, say, gosh, I can't believe he's doing this or doing that, right? And so, you know, I, I don't know if, I, I still haven't figured this out, if he if he really can comprehend the environment that he's in. I, I think it's getting more than it was his freshman year. I think it's so much came at him his freshman year. But I, he's just so normal. I mean, it's like, you know, even Andrew wants to talk about, you know, what happened at practice or this, 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 and then they're talking about, you know, getting on the Xbox later or whatever and, playing Madden or something, you know, I mean, it's just, it, it, it's, it's kind of weird how, how grounded they stay and, uh, Reed doesn't, doesn't make it about him or that. So, you know, we're really proud of that. And you mentioned almost in passing a few minutes ago that a lot of the high school games, a lot of Andrews games are streamed online too. I've watched so little high school sports in the last few years. It, it didn't even dawn on me that with the pandemic, more and more high schools would be streaming their games online so folks could watch them because they can't watch them in person that that had to have helped a ton i think you you alluded to it just the ability uh for for you and Catherine, obviously to see them but uh for reed and others to follow along virtually there's so many virtual burnouts on on zoom meetings but seeing your little brother play high school basketball or football uh, i don't think you get sick of that like you get sick of a zoom meeting no no and and like i said i mean you know, I, I'm I'm really proud. I got I got to say this because I'm sure other parents feel this that their kids are the senior class of COVID-19 era, which is 2020, right? And um, you know, with with I mean, think about all the things that you know we we grew up in. I mean, Reed got to continue uh, his passion for what sport his he loved, right? I mean, Andrew, I mean, his, his senior year. I mean, for most of us, our senior year is the most you know kind of enjoyable storytelling things of our career. I can tell you how many grand slams I had my senior year, right? They get more and more every old, the older I get, right? So, um, you know, I think the same is like with it, these, these, all these kids that are facing this COVID uh, era, I, my, ta- my hat's off to them because, you know, it really kind of has, I guess, taken the, um, you know, the excitement out of the whole senior year kind of deal with whether we you know, whatever whatever club you're in or whatever sport you're in, um, you know, it's got to be tough. It's got to be tough, but, you know, I'm really proud of Andrew and getting to be around his friends and how they're handling it and how, they, how they're adjusted to it. I think it's going to make them, you know, really resilient down the road because, you know, they definitely did get what everybody else got, and they're not, they could easily pout about that, but they're not. They're making the best of the situation. So and I think that'll be something good that these kids will, will definitely take on, you know, um, you know, years to come too. So, uh, you know, that was one of the reasons why Andrew went out for football. I mean, he really, 
mean, he has some good friends on basketball, don't get me wrong, but, you know, you look at the friends that he grew up with, they chose the path of football, and, and Andrew excelled really good at basketball. And, and in high school sports, you kind of have to be selective. We're, we're fortunate, you know, here in Magnolia, we're 518, but, um, you know, the coaches were really supportive of, uh, you know, playing multiple sports. And so that was one of the reasons why we chose the school district that we did when we lived here, even with Reed. Um, uh, you know, some of these bigger 6A schools, I tell people all the time, I know it sounds kind of weird to say, but I don't know if Reed would have had the opportunity to find out that he was a good punter at like a big school, right? Because I don't think the coach would have taken Reed seriously when he said he wanted to punt. But, you know, being a small school, 5A, whatever, they took it as a joke and, you know, kind of we're going to have a laugh at it at practice and he hits these monster punts. And so the next thing you know, he's, He's taken that path to go to school and play a sport that he loved his whole life, right? He knew he wasn't going to be a, you know, starting outside linebacker or whatever, 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 right? So, um, but, but you know, I think, so Andrew kind of took that, that approach the same as well. He's like, you know, Dad, I'm, I'm thinking about going out for football. And I said, great. About time. I'm, I'm happy. He goes, you always wanted me to play football? I said, I want you to do whatever makes you happy. As I always said, Catherine and I always said that about our boys. Do what makes you happy. Have fun. Life's short. And so, you know, he said, you know, most of my friends, you know, they, they played football their whole career in high school, and I want to I I do that my senior year. I said, then, then go talk to your basketball coach and, and get his support and get your football coach and have them work that out because he had to do dual things, you know, through that whole process. You know, work out with basketball and work out here. And so he did, and he's having a blast. Um, getting some playing time and enjoying this. Uh, championship run that we're on right now, and hopefully the boys can continue to compete well in the state playoffs and make it to the state championship, you know, uh, bracket. So uh, hopefully, hopefully we we kind of keep keep motoring along. They had a big win Friday and kept that momentum going and take it into the next uh, next couple of rounds. So that'll be good. Wild that I guess it shouldn't come as a surprise where it, Texas football is not quite religion, but but close to religion, uh, that the high school season is longer than at least some teams' SEC football season this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we they, they had a little – they had a delay just like everybody else. Okay. Um, and, and, and luckily, we only had a couple players, um, but they've gotten in every game. Nothing's been canceled. Um, you know, and the kids have had a, had a really good year what they could make the best out of it, so – um, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely something different. Like I've never seen Texas football and, you know, being, we missed it, uh, because, you know, there was a gap when Reed went away, Andrew didn't play. And so Catherine and I are looking at each other, you know, in all like, okay, what are we going to do Friday night? <laughs> you know, it was all about Friday night lights and, 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 you know, high school tailgating and things like that, which I know people are like, what? I'm like, yeah, it's, it's big time down here. So, you know, we kind of missed that a little bit. Uh, so it was kind of exciting to kind of get back into that a little bit and um, see Andrew off and have a great senior year like he's doing and having. And so he's he's actually having to juggle right now because what they didn't they didn't do they pushed football back but they didn't push basketball back. Mm. So he's kind of having they play they play their games are Tuesday to Friday. So uh, Andrew they're not in district yet they're just playing you know kind of warm up basketball to kind of get ready for the season the actual district which really counts and playoffs in Texas or whatever. Plays, he practices with the football team, practices with the basketball team when he can, and then he's he's got games on uh, Tuesdays and Fridays, so he's been missing Fridays, but uh, making it on Tuesdays and, and having a really good season this year. So we're real proud of him and what he's done. 
That's great to hear, especially over these these last few years, Eric. Uh, as as you've gotten into having high school and now college age boys, as you get one out of the house and and another one now in his senior year, traversing the recruiting trail and the college applications trail. What have you and Catherine learned from the parenting perspective? You, you, you've had you've had you've had so many great great nuggets and lessons here, but. Like when you look back at these years, what's really going to stand out to you that oh, this is what it's about? Well, that that, that that's great. Uh, so so as it relates to the recruiting process, um, you know, let me let me let me just say this: it is a relentless effort, and, and I attributed this to I didn't know what else to do. I mean, there was really no playbook on how to get your son recruited. Really, you know, I, like I said, I, I don't I don't think necessarily you know particularly for a specialist. So you know, we took some advice. You know, I think it was just honest to God faith that, you know, Reeves had a, had a, he was a top ranked snapper. I think he was number one or two in the country. And he, he applied his whole life to it, um, learning and getting private lessons and all these things. And so, you know, having Justin there as a friend and somebody that Reed could talk to about, Hey, if I want to do this and get serious about it, what do I do? So we went through that process, but the recruiting process, let me tell you, I've seen so many athletes, good athletes and the parents, I think they rely, which you always have those superstar athletes. A lot of coaches can, can really put their name behind and, and get kids. And, and, and I think that's important to have a high school coach that's well-connected with colleges, whether it's D1, D2, D3, whatever it is. Because without that, you know, you're kind of, you're kind of stuck. You know, you got to go to these camps, uh, whether your son or daughter is uh, whatever the sport of choice is. There's always these college camps. And they're not just, I mean, yeah, they get money, but they're not expensive. They're not trying to make become rich out of that. They're trying to seek and find out talent. So if you have some uh, a child that has an interest in, in playing at that next level, uh, you know, get them get them involved in in uh, the, the, the camps at these colleges that he or she may be interested in and go to those. Like, I'm talking, don't go your junior year. You should be going when you're a freshman, sophomore, every summer. You know, go to those camps so that they can see you progress. They can see you from year to year. They'll, they'll, they'll get your measurements. They'll see how you're developing, how you, you know, all those things. And, you know, they know what they're looking for. And, and yeah, that's, that's why they're the, some of the best coaches in the country. Uh, they know how to recruit. They know how to evaluate talent. You know, you, you don't necessarily have to, you know, do anything other than just get to these camps. Uh, of course, apply and practice and all those things. It, it becomes, you know, their life, you know, just as much like eating or, you know, going to church or whatever, whatever you do, it just becomes normal. You have to put in the time and the effort. Uh, you know, you're not just going to be able to perform well in games. You know, uh, that's where I think a lot of people may miss it. Is okay, they may have a gifted athlete uh, as a son or daughter, and they're doing really, really well when they play games, and they're you know one of the best players on the team. But I think when you see what has to go in to get like that, if you don't have somebody, a child that's really committing the time, they're just a natural athlete then it's going to be very hard for them to be happy uh, at that next level because the workload just triples. I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. But uh, I would say get to, those, get to those camps, number one. Number two, uh, you know, when I was going through sports, I mean, you, you relied on having some videotape and sending it off where you relied a lot more on your high school coach to get you noticed or get you, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the connections he had or the, the people that he knew in the college ranks as coaches. You know, picking up the phone and calling, and oh, hey, you know, I got this kid, Eric Bauer. He's he's a heck of a third baseman, and 
you know, here's some of his stats and here's his speed. You know, so you, you relied more on that type of method. Now, social media has just like it's changed our industry. I mean, the coaching and recruiting uh, industry, it's social media. Follow a coach. They're all on Twitter. Uh, I can't tell you when I started the process, I mean, you just do it and you follow and you get a follow back and you're kind of taken back and you're like, Hey coach, thanks for, thanks for here. Here's some film of my son or daughter, you know, this is this year looking. And then you just kind of just start this relationship. And, and that's how it happened. I mean, you know, I mean, I had a reply back with Arkansas. This was the craziest thing. I, I sent out a message to coach, uh, Brett Bielema and I get a response from him. I'm like, what's going on here? And, we were actually going on a recruiting trip to Missouri. We were in, in, driving in the car. And I was, you know, Reed was driving because, you know, I'm, I mean, I got to go on these trips, but, you know, it's kind of my vacation. So, I mean, I was making him drive and, you know, I was sitting in the passenger seat and I'd be, you know, have time to kill and I'd be sending out notes to coaches or whatever. And, okay, Reed, what do you think about Arkansas? You know, they're looking for a punter or they're looking for this. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Okay, you do. You know, you just, you got to be relentless on it. You know, it's not going to be one. It's almost like I told him, I said, it's like how I applied going after a job. You know, I mean, I think we all have been through that process. And, you know, you can't just send your resume in and just keep your fingers crossed. I mean, there's a process that you have to go through, a relentless effort to kind of get that get that job that you want, right? And I think it's kind of the same thing. And I've shared that with Reed. And, and I think, again, just life lessons, right, teaching him. So social media is great. Um, and, and these coaches, they'll, they'll follow you back if, you know, they'll, they'll obviously see you and they'll say, okay, what's this? And then they'll look at your Twitter and you got stuff of your daughter or son on there and, you know, some of the things that you're proud of and this. And, you know, you know, you know, you say, go follow my son at this. And they usually go do that. And, you know, all these kids today are putting their highlight films on Twitter or their Instagram or whatever it is. And so it's really important, too. That was one of the lessons we had. You know, be careful what you – I mean, we all hear this. Be careful what you post on there because you don't know what these coaches are – just like an employer, don't know what they're looking for or what they're looking at. And you got all these crazy things on there that can probably be, you know, because the numbers are so great. Everybody wants to play at that next level. So, you know, just like, you know, the best jobs that open up, everybody wants that job. And so, you know, you got to have, you got to have all your ducks in a row, but social media was huge. And once you, once you did that, then it became, you know, just teaching your son to have those inner, personal skills to be able to communicate with a coach. I mean, that can be pretty intimidating for, like, you think, like a 16 or 17-year-old, right, when they're getting recruited. Sure. Once they're able to NCAA regulations and everything they can do when they can actually start picking up the phone and calling them and texting them and emailing them or, or, or uh, direct messaging them and stuff like that. So, you know, they're testing them out in that capacity, you know. How, how do these kids sound on the phone? How do they, how do they sound in their messages? And are, they, are they respectful of their parents? stuff like that so um you know it's it's a, it's a very i'll tell you what it was it was a really fun experience because i wasn't really recruited in baseball like kids are today uh and i think most people that were good at sports back then you just you're not you're seeing this recruiting it's such a oh my gosh just such a production right and um you know you can get lost in it pretty easily but, you know, just to see that whole process play out, it, it was stressful, too. Let me tell you, there were times where, you know, we had some really tough moments in our house. You know, you're waiting for that call. You're waiting for that offer. I mean, you're getting all these, you know, you're, you're going through all the steps, all the processes. Like, oh, my coach or the, or the coach from Arkansas, you know, Coach Burns texted me today. Oh, what do you say? Oh, he's just asking me about this, asking me about that. And I said, 
that consoling parent. And I told him, I said, you know, hey, Ray, you know, listen, we gave it our best, man. This may not happen. And and and, and he was very upset, very very upset, you know, emotional. And uh, you know, it, it was hard because we put a lot of effort in, and he worked so hard to to go through all those camps and and do well and and, and applied and worked and worked and worked and worked. And yeah, you're getting the text back and this and this, but you're getting to go on a recruiting trip. And, you go there, you go visit a game, you're waiting, maybe you'll get called in, they'll give you an offer or something like that, and nothing happens, and you're just... But, and Catherine and I were kind of like, oh my gosh, is this going to be just like all for naught? And there was a time, I remember, I'll never forget it. And I knew this was when Reed was really, really special, and he had that mindset that it's going to take to be successful uh, in that college world. We went, I went up to him, and, and I said, you know, Reed, this may not happen, man. And uh, it's okay. You gave it your best, and nothing to be ashamed of, nothing to be disappointed in. Uh, 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 you know, we'll, we'll carry on. You'll be time. You know, you'll, you'll get over this. And he said, Dad, I, I won't think that way. He goes, if I, if I let that creep into my mind that it won't happen, then I'm telling myself that I've given up. And when he said those words, this, this is when he was still a senior in high school, a junior, junior in high school, because he committed uh, his senior year uh, – uh, he got his offer right uh, uh, January or February, but uh, you know he, he just said to me, he said, "Dad, if I if I admit that this won't happen, then I'm giving up." And I was like, "Holy cow, man! Here here was uh, I don't know what age I was, but in my 40s or whatever, you know, kind of almost like doing the same thing. I never took that approach until I got it with my job. It was like, you know, I'm not going to get this job until they tell me they they, they hired somebody else, but yet." You know, you can't really think that way when you see your kid, you know, visibly upset and and put his heart and soul into it, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're kind of just trying to be that parent that is protective, right? And, I, and for a second there, I was trying to almost basically not come out and say it, but I was saying, it's okay, it's okay, it didn't work. Let's 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 look at the positive. And he still to that day was like, no, it's going to happen, and so. I, you know, I give the kid a lot of credit, and I knew I knew he would be okay no matter what situation he would be put in as a college athlete with that mindset. And and, and I think that's the biggest thing that separates a college athlete, D1, D2, whatever, from a high school athlete, is their mind and mental toughness. I really, really believe that, because if you don't have that, or that will, or that just that never quit, never die type mentality. I see a lot of talented athletes that get crushed in that environment because they just don't have that mental toughness. Right. Um, and, and I think that's what the, I think that's even what help, has helped really get through some of the, the adversity that he's found in his college career. I mean, it's hard to believe. I mean, you know, he's, he's technically a, a junior by, by academics. Um, you know, he's going to be a senior next year. And it's like, Oh my gosh, where are these four years go? Um, <laughs> You know, of course, you know, he, he did redshirt, so he had three years in, starting this year. And uh, But then they, with the COVID, the NCAA uh, gave you could opt out uh, in this COVID time, or you could play and, and, and follow protocols and everything that was put in place. But they gave everybody another year of eligibility. So it's almost like he got another redshirt this year. So he'll still have three years of eligibility to play. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, yeah, everybody has that choice to gain that, which I thought was really great by the NCAA to, to do that because, I mean, you know, so much of their experience has been kind of diminished a little bit, um, you know, through all the 
it, it's almost crazy how um, you know this Twitter and a lot of these coaches are are, are that's that's not the bit they're into it. They're you know my age or a little bit older. Or you get some of the younger coaches, you know. That, uh, but everybody's social media and that's really how they stay connected. Uh, I think we see that in our industry so much too, right? How it's really really blossomed and taken off. I remember when Twitter first came out, and I was hearing guys around Houston doing it. And uh, I'm like, ah, I'm never going to do that. And next thing you know, I mean, I'm doing it, and, and it's and it's been been great. I've learned yeah. so many great things from other guys, and, and hopefully, I've been able to share some things that have been good to others. And it, it's it's really great. But those things, going to the camps and 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 connecting with these coaches, having your your uh, son or daughter do that, that's huge. And then, you know, just be as real as you can. You know, when you go on these, they're like interviews, so. You know, and, and again, we just took great pride in seeing Reed handle himself in that environment. We didn't, we were very standoff parents. You know, uh, you see all kinds of different parents during these recruiting trips and, you know, the dads and the moms and how they are. And they're, we kind of took a backseat approach. Um, I've got kind of guided Reed and what to say, what not to say, or how to word of maybe a message that he wanted to send a coach. Of course, you know, I wanted to help with that, but you know, be more supportive than anything. It was all ultimately Reed's choice, you know, and, and unfortunately for him, he lost his, his coach after his first year because he, um, he didn't, he stayed, he, he stayed with the new coach after he was recruited by coach Bielema's staff. And then coach Bielema was terminated. Uh, and then his, his special teams coordinator, he stayed uh, with the new staff that was hired. And so Reed had that relationship still, solidified there but then after the first year uh coach burns uh had a, another opportunity to go work for coach Hugh Freeze at liberty and he left so here's reed on an island his second year and he didn't even really have his guy that recruited him so you know they formed this tight bond and relationship and and that's another thing that i think you know you know you got to think of as a parent nothing lasts forever and so you know you may think that and look at look at the coaching carousels and how how, how fast these guys get fired. I mean, you got to think your kid's going to go to school four, four or five years, right? right? And so, you know, some coaches don't even make it, you know, three, you know, Coach Morris, you know, I think he had a five-year deal and he let go in year two, Yeah. after year two. There's so, so, many, so many buyouts and, and, and coaches leaving oh, for other jobs, yeah. And you, and you think of, like, all the parents that bought into, you know, going to Coach Morris's program and sent their kids there. And um, I think that's why the transfer portal is, has gained so much traction that and the fact that you know there's 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 too many kids today for example like you know reed 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 never really i mean he talked about it but i don't think he was ever really serious about transferring from arkansas he loved it there i think he came he, he had to make the decision is that really what he wants to do or you know is he going to look at it and he gave it his best shot and it is what it is and he's going to ride it out as long as he can but so many kids today you know they come out and they want that playing time right away. They want that instant gratification right away. You know, they're not willing, willing to, you know, sit out a year or redshirt a year. And, you know, they want to be on that playing field like game one, day one. And if they don't get that, they're going to say, okay, well, I'm going to transfer out because I'm able to do that. But, you know, we talked about it and read the diversity, but, you know, I, I just feel like, you know, what is that really going to do for you? Now, you know, some, some people you can say, okay, well, yeah, you know, these schools are recruiting deep in every position, you know, and in that case, you know, that's a little different, I guess. I mean, in some ways, if your kid's gone through and got his degree, and that's what we 
mindset. You know, Reed, you want to transfer out. You know, the kids today, I mean, Reed's, Reed's going to be graduating his four-year degree at VA next winter. So, you know, because they got to go to school during the summer, so he's taking college courses every summer he's been there. Hmm. So, you know, our, our mindset is, okay, hey, things don't work out in Arkansas, and get your degree, get your degree from there. It's a great degree. And then, you know, when you graduate, you'll graduate next December. And if you're not, you know, starting or whatever, and you got two years, three years of eligibility left, whatever you got, put your name in transfer portal and see what happens. You get your master's paid for, great. Right. If not, you know, get in the world and start making a living, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and doing that thing. It's a total emotional roller coaster. I can say that. And, People are like, oh, that must be great. You know, you're watching games, going to games. I'll tell you what, I have the worst time at games. Uh, I have tough, I have a tougher time. You know, at least at games, like, you know, yeah, at least at games, like, if Reed struggles or has a tough day, you know, you can have that physical contact with him after. Like, yeah. you know, he, he, you know, he had, a, he had a, you know, that, that, that uh, punt that was taken to the house, you know, this weekend and, I, I if I didn't go if I was not at that game and I was at home and, and, and you know I mean oh man those are the toughest ones because you hear the hear the hear the uh, pain in their voice or how disappointed they are in what happened or whatever and you know as a parent you know you you, you feel comfortable when you can put your arms around your kid and just say hey man it's going to be all right I love you you know those kind of things so uh, you know it's it's tough I I, I have a very difficult time very difficult time um uh watching games leading up to games it's um i don't know if i've enjoyed it as much as i thought i was going to in the in the uh uh recruiting process i don't know i don't i don't know i i i I think andrew kind of felt the same way his first year uh replayed andrew couldn't watch the games i mean i'd say hey come on let's go watch let's watch the games uh, we went to a couple games. We went to a lot, a lot of games his freshman year, uh, and and Andrew Andrew had a tough time going. I mean, he I think it was he just didn't want his brother to mess up, and it hurt him seeing his brother, uh, you know, not do sure. his job. Probably more than it hurt Reed, probably. Um, but but it's it's been it's a it's a it's been a ro- total emotional roller coaster ride, um, and we're just thankful he's got a great coaching staff that have, have looked out for him through the years there and he's got a great support group of friends um you know we've encouraged him to not only just have acquaintances on the football team but you know make friends outside of the football program and he's done that uh to give him a good sense of balance things like that nature but um you know after it's all said and done i'll i'll but i'll tell you what my 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 DVR, you know, we'll we'll tape the game, and of course, if he has a good game and everything's good, you, I mean, Catherine's like, "Are you watching that again? Are you watching that again?" You know, kind of thing. And I'm like, "Well, you know, hey, I I I, I didn't uh, I didn't get to see." It. And it's really funny because a lot of our a lot of our friends or people that know us, it, it's amazing. There's probably not one person or a member at the golf course. They all stay in tune, and they're very much invested in in both our boys. In fact, uh, we got a basketball game tomorrow. And uh, one of my members uh, wants to come to the basketball game. You know, they do that, and it's great. And uh, they're That's all cool. asking about Reed and very invested in it and whatnot. Um, which, which is, which is really, really uh, cool and makes it feel like you're at a, a, a place that uh, you know really appreciates you. And not just 
appreciative of the job you do having good conditions, but, you know, uh, vested in you as a parent and, and raising your children. So that, that's been, that's been kind of fun, uh, doing that. But, uh, it, it, it's, it's hard for me, uh, to, to watch all that stuff. Uh, it's really funny because a lot of people will come to me and they'll say, you know, I usually got up and left whenever the punter came out, but man, ever since <laughs> I found out your son punted, uh, I can't stop like watching other punters punt and the process of punting and the art of punting and the strategic, cause I'm talking, you know, me, I'm just like, I'm talking about diseases or turf. When someone comes to me a problem, I'm talking about hang time and locations. And then they're like, Dude, angle, punting, sure. what's, the, what's the big deal, man? I'm like, you get it, you snap it, you kick it. I'm like, no, 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 no. You got to have, you know, this hang, this hang, this is good. You know, all those things. So, you know, I'm talking net and gross and all these stats. And so it's, it's been, that's been, that's been fun. Maybe part of the, the interest from members and, and other folks around Blue Jack, and correct me if I'm wrong here, you mentioned before we started recording that both Reed and Andrew have worked with you on the golf course, and you've been at Blue Jack since before day one, uh, before the club even opened. Uh, so a lot of the folks there have seen them both grow up, but they've seen them work on the course, and I know this is off the course, we talk about life off the course, and, and what a great conversation. This has been so fun. But you have had the good fortune to have both Reed and Andrew work with you on the course and to both, like a lot of people this year, uh, start to take up the game a little bit, finally. It, it, it takes a, a pandemic and everything else to shut down, to buy in. But uh, like a lot of people, they are now golfers as well. Yeah, yeah, that's a that that's a joy that that really came on. And I, let me tell you a quick story on that. Uh, you know, we were very much uh, early on with Reed. Reed being our first, and 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 parents, you want to set the the, the 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 direction that they go and the example, so that Andrew knows. Okay, come sixteen, you're going to get a job and all this stuff. Well, so the time came for Reed to start doing summer work, and. Actually, I, I had this conversation with Catherine. I said, Catherine, I don't want to ruin my relationship with Reed. I'm nervous if he comes to work for me. She's well, Eric, you know, he's got to have a job. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, I know, I get it. But I'm really nervous. I know how I am at work, and I know the expectations that I put on myself and the rest of the team. And I don't, and I really don't think I'm going to cut Reed any slack because he's my son. And I'm really nervous about that putting a wedge in our relationship. So she's like, again, she's, he's got to work. I don't know, you know, it's so hard to find a job today, blah, 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 you know, all those things, right? It, you know, it wasn't like when I grew up, you know, 16 years old, you go out and get a job and you get a job. It's so hard today to get a job as a, as a teenager, right? And you're standing at an ice cream store place or, you know, something like that, right? Um, or bagging groceries, you know, and, you know, I can see that not working out, you know, with Reed or whatever. So I, I had, a, obviously, all my connections in the golf industry, this is when I was at Carlton Woods, and I, I, one of my past assistants was superintendent in the Woodlands there at the Woodlands Country Club, and I said, hey, Scott, would you mind, you know, hiring Reed uh, for weekends and things like that? I said, you know, huge favor for me. So, actually, Reed got introduced working on the golf course through somebody else. As Andrew came around, we have a little different dynamic for, I don't know if it's because he's my younger son, but I wanted to be almost protective of him in a way, and so... I wanted him to work with me at the golf course. And I'll tell you what, I almost feel like I, I shortchanged Reed because I thought something different, but I matured as, as Andrew got older 
uh, three years later, and, and, and I had Andrew come work for me, and I was like, it was the best summer I think I could remember in my years at Blue Jack, just having Andrew there and seeing him do well and succeed and work hard, interact with the crew, interact with the assistants. I'll tell you what, it was so much fun, and I almost feel like I shortchanged Reed because I pushed him somewhere else because of my own inability to recognize that I could manage that the right way. Reed had the COVID thing, so school, like, it happened February, March, so they sent the kids home, and they were doing school from home, learning from home, right? And then then even, like, with football got delayed, so he was home quite a bit, so Reed came and, and uh, worked uh, at the golf course. You know, he did more volunteer work. Actually, both the boys started out this year uh, volunteering because, you know, we had to do some furloughing at our place, and mm-hmm. We were down to six people for 30 days, and I needed help. And I, the boys didn't have to go to school. They didn't have this. And so I said, hey, guys, you guys are going to come in and volunteer. Uh, are we going to get paid? I'm like, you're, you're getting suffer tonight, and you got a roof over your head. You're paid. You didn't work, and you're going to work. You're not paying So rent. that's kind of how – yeah, yeah, exactly. I said, listen, you'll be able to put this on – you know, every application, college application, you got to talk about volunteer work. I said, well, talk about the volunteer work you did at Blue Jack National. That will be really good for you. And uh, so, anyway, they, they kind of worked together, and that was fun. They got to do that a little bit, and this, you know, make a bad situation, the positive out of it. And so, by doing that, they are both here, and there was really nothing else to do. I mean, even our neighborhood basketball goals, they, they, like, the park took the goal. I mean, this was, like, early, early on when things were getting really tight and things were clamping down. I mean, they take the goals off, so the kids could literally do nothing. Luckily, because the golf didn't really shut down, across the country like all these other things we're doing we've seen a huge spike in usage i mean and and i think it's introduced a whole set of people to the game that never would have done it because andrew would have been busy with baseball or basketball or whatever sport your child is in it's non-stop 24 7 practices you know all every day after school picking up here there was no time for that and so you know, when we had all this stuff going on with COVID, everybody didn't want to be cooped up. They got outdoors, and we saw a golf spike. And so that my, my, my boys never played golf. And I had exposure to some great golf courses, uh, golf professionals that were willing to teach my kid how to play golf. And I would ask them, and they had no desire, no desire. Oh, I'm going to go shoot hoops. I'm going to go do this with my buddies. I'm going to do this and do this. Okay. And, and so by doing that, they worked and this, and we did all these things. And so we started playing golf, and they love golf now. Reed, Reed will call me. Hey, I saw, I heard you and Andrew play golf the other day. In the middle of the season, he goes, "What'd you shoot? What did Andrew shoot?" I can't wait to get down there and 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 get get you on the playgrounds again, and you know all those things. And so, I think it's been good. I think you know we have to do is make sure that we can keep them engaged when they get back. And I think I think all you needed was just a spark. I, I don't I don't think you know I think this was the challenge of getting young people involved in golf is how do you make it cool? And you saw. Tiger did a lot of that, you know, all these other golfers, Ricky Fowler, they made golf cool, right? And and for a long time, it was just get. but once you get them cool, it, it's, it's all about competitive uses. That's why I think golf is so good, because you can do that well beyond your high school years or if you play college sports past college, mm-hmm. and, and if you're a competitive person, that's how you fulfill your competitive uses. So, you know, I don't necessarily think it's something that we should be scared of that is going to go away. I think you know, it's finding that balance of how you can pencil out the time to go play golf. And that's the challenge I think golf is going to have is, is how do you, how do you, how do you go and play golf 
in less than four and a half, five hours. That's the problem. And you're seeing that now with these short courses or these 12-hole courses or, you know, like in our case, we have the playgrounds, which is, uh, you know, 10 holes, uh, anywhere from 25 yards to 125 yards. You just take one cub, a putter, and you go around and play. You walk it, you're done. And you can get it done in like a 30, 45 an hour. And so I think that's going to be the – it's not not when the other stuff goes back and all this regulation gets lifted up, are they just going to forget about golf? It's, it's, it's finding how to condense the time it takes to play golf. And, again, I think that's, that's, that's going to be the biggest challenge. You know, do we make the golf courses tougher? Do you make them harder? And I think you're seeing kind of a trend the opposite way. You saw, you know, with what we did at Blue Deck, a lot of what we did is to make it more fun, make it accessible, don't have to lose golf balls. You know, you're not playing U.S. Open rough. You're not hitting it out of bunkers every hole. You're not, you know, those kind of, you can, you know, enjoy the game and, and play fast. I mean, that's, that's, that's going to be successful. So, uh, I know there's been a lot of a lot of challenges and a lot of heartache through 2020, but I think you got to always. I've always been a guy look at the glass half full instead of half empty, and you know you, you look at what we were able to do as a family and some of the things that that I, I can remember of 2020. Those little moments of the boys working on the golf course, and as soon as we're done, you know we go and challenge uh, a little golf tournament on, the, on our playgrounds, which which was uh, those are memories that will last forever. Larry, I have the impression that you could talk for another five or six hours about your boys, but I don't want to take up the rest of your day. This was fantastic. Uh, Eric Bauer, again, the director of agronomy at Blue Jack National, and as should now be very obvious, uh, Reed's and Andrew's dad as well. Thanks so much for having me. I really enjoyed it, and uh, I could. I'm very proud of those boys and what they've accomplished, as I know most parents are. And, and again, thank you for allowing me to share my stories uh, with you, and hopefully uh, some of our listeners have uh, really gotten some good things out of it. Absolutely. The best to you. Have a great Christmas and New Year, and uh, we will see you, I don't know, at some point, uh, one of these shows, maybe GIS 2022. That's right. That's right. Well, thanks again for having me. Merry Christmas to everybody, and go Hogs. Go Hogs. Pick Suey. Pick Suey. My thanks again to Eric Bauer. Director of Agronomy at Blue Jack National in Montgomery, Texas. The love you and Catherine have for your boys is obvious. Lucky kids. My thanks, too, to our sponsor, Aquade Solutions, and to all of you for helping make this industry a little better every day. This has been some kind of year. I hope you're able to step back in these next couple of weeks, even just for a minute or two or three, and think about how many people you've really helped this year. Personally, professionally, golf course superintendents have never been more important than they are right now. Golf Course Industry is produced by Guy Cipriano and me, Matt Lowell. Our columnists are wonderful Terry Buchan, Henry DeLosier, Bradley S. Klein, Tim Morrigan, and Matthew Wharton. We have some fantastic regular contributors, Tyler Bloom, Trent Bouts, Lee Carr, Ron Furlong, Judd Spicer, John Torsiello, Anthony Williams, and Rick Wolfel. Our publisher is Dave Zai. Our sales wizards are Russ Warner and Andrew Hatfield. Jim Blaney designs the magazine. We think he does a darn good job. We hope you think so, too. Kate McCoy makes sure everything goes where it should. Averill Braden and Christina Warner make sure you all receive the magazine. 
Christina also makes sure Russ wakes up in the morning and does what he needs to do. Kelly Antle makes sure we all get paid. Michaela Dodrell handles advertising and production. Irene Sweeney does more than we can just ever keep straight. Stephen Webb handles our classifieds. Our president is Chris Foster. His beard will grow back. Above all else, we couldn't do what we do without you. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you.